Welcome to the Govardhan Valley. <laughs> so, this is a place you can come also individually. It's a nice place to sit and chant and, <clears throat> and present yourself. Present yourself to Giriraj. Um, the first thing I want to do is, uh, you may not like this, but I want to introduce Vrindav Vinod Prabhu. <laughs> He's sitting back here behind the tree. He's shaking his head, being humble. Please stand up. <laughs> so they can see you. Vrindam Vinod Prabhu is the, how to say, he's the power and the, the, the intelligence behind the manifestation of uh, the Govardhan Retreat Center. Uh, it's been his hard work for the last how many years now? Five years? Uh, seven or eight years, says says Krishna Murari Goswami Prabhu, <laughs> whom I'll introduce next. But I wanted to say that um, the Govardhan Retreat Center is the inspiration of His Holiness Sachinanda Swami Maharaj and His Grace. Bodhijan Prabhu, in particular, uh, they together uh, and also uh, with Bodhijan Prabhu's good wife, Jagatarini, Devi Dasi, Mataji, Prabhvi, <laughs> um, have been having Govardhan retreats for the last at least 20 years. Um, there's been no such centers, so they've uh, just used what facility in the area has been possible to uh, to use for for those times. Uh, but uh, they developed this dream. Let us have a place especially dedicated for such purposes, for retreats, for educational. Uh, inspirational, spiritual, devotional, <laughs> Kiriraj drenched sanghats. And this seed of a, of a wish, of a desire, has manifest now after, after these years. And we are not the very first, but Nearly the first. We're the first for this year, I think. Uh, group. Are we the first for this group uh, this year? Okay, so that's some distinction. Twenty twenty-three. Go on retreat center first group retreat group Kijai. Do you want to say anything, either um, 
practically practical matters or anything you want to mention. Ah. <laughs> These were In the same trees. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes. In in the year 2000, so it's been uh, 22, 22 years, yeah. And and this this is a neem tree. Ah, this is a special tree. Yes, I remember. Um, in November, we were just maybe they're going to do it again. Such Swami was making this point. And just as he was speaking about this tree, so many parrots came <laughs> and landed in that tree. <laughs> and uh, no, I don't think I have that same shakti as he has. But there's a few. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Any practical things we should do or not do uh, regarding this sentiment? Every, every possible thing is whatever we, in which way we can advance ourselves. So we keep our faith, we do that, yes. and we just surrender ourselves. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Vrindavan Vinod Prabhu Ki Jai. You're living in Vrindavan. Does that mean you're coming and going each day? Oh, you're staying. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit far to be. <laughs> yeah. Good. So, and we would like to introduce uh, Krishna Murari Goswami Prabhu, <laughs> who is Ananda Gaon uh, Basi. Nanda, Nanda Gram in Sanskrit, Nanda Grama, <laughs> Nanda Gaon. And uh, he's very kindly going to uh, assist us in entering into the Braj universe. It's okay. Getting a little wild. Uh -huh. um, so perhaps you would like to say some, some things, some practical things in general, yes. Yes. <coughs> Radhe, Jadamani, Radhe Sham. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Marsh, I'm, I'm good at it. Radhe Sham. So, from the side of uh, our Gordon Retreat Center, and from the side of Brajabasis, and from the side of Rindavan, I would like to welcome all of you who have taken this long journey, long, long journey to come from different corners of the world and come here and take shelter under the under the lotus feet of Sri Giriraj. 
it is uh, said uh, by Nagari Das, one of the saint who lived in Vrindavan, before becoming a saint, he was a king in, in the area of Rajasthan and he became a sadhu. And in the end part of his life, he said one thing. He said, Nagariya Vrijabas Kripa Falapai hai. That, oh Nagari Das, the momentary residence, even the momentary residence in Vrindavan is received by Kripa. Kripa Falapai hai. It's, it's the fruits of, of the Kripa which you have received. That's why you come to Vrindavan. And when one person who has received this Kripa and come to this uh, holy Vrindavan Dham, but mm, things are so strong that uh, we again have to take a journey which is going from this dusty Vrindavan to that Vrindavan which is the Kingdom of the Lord. Uh, his, th there is dust, but the foolish mind thinks uh, so many things. Actually, Sachinandan Maharaj says uh, one very, very nice thing. He says, there are two doors to Vrindavan. There are two doors to Vrindavan. If you take the first door to Vrindavan, you come to a place uh, somewhere in North India where nobody obeys the traffic rules, <laughs> where everybody, where everything has more than enough sugar and so many other things. So this is the first door to Vrindavan. If you take that door, you, you come to that place somewhere in North India. But if you take the second door of Shraddha and Surrender, of Faith and Surrender, Shraddha and Sharanagati, you come to the Kingdom of the Lord, where everything is as present as, as Krishna Himself. It is said in Brajabhasha, Vrindavan Barasat Rahe, Prem Ahir Nishabhur. In Vrindavan, the love is always raining. It's in the air. It's always raining. Why it is raining? Uh, in the in the Srimad Bhagavatam's Mahatmya mentioned in Padma Puran, it is said that Vrindavanasa Sanyogad, just by the by the association of Sri Vrindavan Dham, Vrindavanasa Sanyogad Punastam Torani Nava, that the bhakti of a person gets renourished. Renourished. So many different connections to the bhakti is received. The bhakti devi is in, is increasing in the heart of a person because Dhanyam Vrindavanam Tena, that all glories to Sri Vrindavan Dham, Bhaktir Nattrati Yatracha, where the Bhakti Devi herself dances out of joy. Why Bhakti Devi is dancing in Vrindavan? Because of presence of Krishna. Because he is eternally here. He, he, it, is it is mentioned by Krishna himself. You know, Krishna says, Vrindavanam Paritajya Padamekam Nagachami. I, I don't even go even one single step outside Vrindavan. Whatever the wise may say or whatever the intellectuals may lecture, but I shall always remain in my Gokul Bhava, Krishna is mentioning. And whatever the different personalities may express, I shall always be present under the Tamal and Kadamba trees, near the bluish waters of Yamuna, under the shade of Giriraj. I shall always be present. I shall not leave Braj. This is from the Shastra. From, from the side of Brajabhasis, in Brajabhasha, it is, it is mentioned the small pastime. When Krishna and Balaram were going with, uh, with Akrura towards Mathura, 
so they walked on the chariot and they were leaving and madhumangal you know the chubby friend of krishna who is always liking to eat and and making joke so he goes to krishna and he stops him and he catches the hand of krishna like this and he asks tries to ask him something and he asks krishna are you really leaving us are you li- really leaving us then krishna said one very beautiful statement he said brajabasi vrindavan sada that these brajabasis and this land of vrindavan mere jeevan pran these are my life force inhe na basaraho that i will never leave them away i will never go them go away from them moi nand baba ki yan i swear this in the name of my father nand baba that i will never leave them i will never leave them so this is a a a wonderful opportunity for all of us to to connect to that rasa which is raining in the air and uh, also it is said that uh, the real holy place lives in the hearts of those it's mentioned in padma purana statement the real holy place lives in the hearts of those who really live there so throughout our this beautiful retreat uh, we are going to hear about different sadhus who have lived in vrindavan who live in vrindavan and who have felt that that great touching of vrindavan that great mood of vrindavan and a sadhu named rasik pritam das who lived in the area of giriraj he has given a practical advice to all those who come to the area of giriraj and who stay here and he is he has expressed this in a beautiful song and he sings govardhana ki rai tarati govardhana ki rai that oh my friends come and stay in the in the in, in the in the valley of giriraj govardhan ki rahi hai tarati nit pratimadana gopal lal ke when you live in the area of giriraj what you should do you should take the shelter of lotus feet of shri madan gopal who is always roaming here charana kamala chitlai hai tarati govardhana ki rai hai when you take shelter of those lotus feet what will happen he expresses tan pulakita braja raj mein lotata you will feel such happiness that you will like to roll down in the dust govind kund mein hai hai tarati then you can take bath in in shri govind kund rasik pitama rasik pitama hit chit ki baat at that time whatever you feel in your heart giradhari jusson kahi hai tarati just express whatever you feel in your heart to shri giradhari the one who lives shri giriraj and it's a wonderful opportunity for all of us to to be part of uh, this beautiful retreat and uh, it is said that people can change people situations can change people time can change people places can change people 
and Vrindavan is such a place which can really change people. It can, it, it is so miraculous that I think we all should look for those miracles to happen here because this is the land of miracles and they will happen. And thank you very much. Have a nice retreat. Radhe Shyam. Bolo Giriraj Maharaj Ki. Bolo Giriraj Maharaj Ki. Bolo Giriraj Maharaj Ki. So, um, okay. Well, considering these points, I suggest that what we do now is um, each of us in our own ways to kind of present ourselves to get it up. We can, for just a short time, a few minutes, um, you can face Giriraj, you can stand, you can sit, you can whatever, whatever you like. And um, as I mentioned yesterday, we may want to make a sankalpa. A sankalpa, some resolve uh, that for this retreat, in the course of this retreat, by the end of this retreat, or some sort of concept like that, um, I will X, Y, or Z, and it may include I will not Q, R, and S. <laughs> things, things I will not do. We will, we will, uh, as we also discussed yesterday, we leave our. Uh, cares behind, we may leave whatever is not conducive for our spiritual lives, set it aside, let it go, and um, let ourselves be in the shelter of the Lord. Uh, Giriraj is, uh, he, uh, he is Haridasamvarya. And you may want to appeal or present yourself to him as the best of devotees because um, we want to get, we want to receive the grace, the mercy of Krishna, of the Lord. But how, how to do that? Through his devotees. And if, <clears throat> if Giriraj is the best of devotees, it just might be a very um, uh, good thing to do <laughs> to approach this best of devotees to uh, ask for his blessings. Okay. Um, yeah. So just I will stop speaking and <laughs> leave to you. You want to uh, reflect and present yourself.
Namaste Giridajaya I offer my respectful obeisance unto the king of hills, whose name is Govardhan. He destroys unlimited miseries and bestows the highest bliss. There's, um, there's another um, pranam mantra. Namo Vrindavanankaya Tukyam Goloka Mauli Purna Brahma Tapatraya Namo Govardhanayacha Obeisance to you, O Govardhan, who is our support and nourishment. Obeisance to you, the crown of Goloka, and obeisance to you, O umbrella of Purna Brahma Shri Krishna. It's nice to think of Govardhan as Krishna's umbrella. <laughs> An umbrella which protects from Indra's wrathful rain and also protects all the Rajabhasas. And because Giriraj is such a very special devotee. Uh, we worship him. And I want to share with you some points that His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Goswami Maharaj has made in a very sweet article called The Mountain of Love or Why We Worship Govardhan. He explains why we worship Govardhan because he identifies two sorts of persons who would think that worshiping Govardhan is a really, really crazy thing to do. And we may know some people, we might have friends, we might have relatives, <laughs> we may know people who think exactly like that. What? You're worshipping a hill and it's just a kind of to our view, perhaps because we 
came in the wrong door. Into the, uh, it appears like a rather small hill, long and narrow, um, unusual certainly in that respect, with some trees around it, a lot of rocks. Why would, what's so special about this hill? <laughs> So he's explaining, there's two types of people who, uh, in particular, or two types of philosophies uh, which would make one think that uh, the sort of worship that um, Krishna Bhaktas perform, specifically to Govardhan, but more broadly, is uh, more or less mad. One of these two groups are the extreme dualists. And those are uh, persons who believe, yes, there is God, and yes, unfortunately, there is this world, and there is a massive abyss or a gap in between the two. There's no, there's no connection between the two. Religions in general are um, expressive of uh, different ways of making connection, but essentially they are completely separate. And uh, and this world is essentially condemned, and therefore to worship anything in this world is um, foolish at best and. Uh, benighted idolatry at worst. Uh, yeah. Okay, so those are some people. And then there are those who are on the other extreme. There's not a radical dualism between us and God, but rather it's all one. There is uh, a kind of oneness which we may not perceive, but um, due to this oneness, why would you worship in particular Govardhan? Because you can worship anything, anyone, any place or person or um, whatever you like, you can worship. Jata Mata, Tata Pata. You can, or you can not worship, and that's because it's one. It doesn't make any difference. There's no, there are no differences of any sort, and therefore it doesn't matter. You do, you don't do. Uh, As uh, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj puts it, uh, the supporters of extreme monism claim that an eggplant is not less worthy of being worshipped than a sacred tulasi plant, that any pond is as worshipable as the Ganga, that any rock is not less than a sacred shalagram that if you worship a beggar on the street, it is the same as worshiping 
God. So there are these uh, these two extremes, or two. There's this. Pol we could say there's a polarity. We might. I I might suggest uh, he he puts it in mm, a bit stronger terms of these extremes, but. I think we can all recognize there are people who would not be thoroughly committed to either of these two extremes. And we could say it's to those who are not committed to such extremes that uh, the devotees are uh, eager to um, give opportunity to to uh, to open their hearts to the worship of Krishna and all um, the appropriate recipients of worship uh, related to Krishna. Um, and as Maharaj mentions here, there are souls, we call them Vaishnava generally, they worship Tulasi, they worship Amalaki, mm. they worship banyan trees, mm. they worship cows. I haven't seen any cows yet. Last time we were here there were a few cows around. They're wandering elsewhere. And I haven't seen monkeys either. Different seasons, they go in different <laughs> Different times of eating, they may be here early in the morning. Ah, oh, yes, there's lots of feasts going on. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and uh, some people, they will worship this particular place, this particular hill. Um, and why is that? How is that? What is it behind the feeling? What is the feeling that uh, makes it possible to, to make such worship to, as we have done, present ourselves? What is that? Um, well, one way it's expressed is that uh, such person's eyes have been smeared uh, with the ointment uh, of of prema, of love. Prema anjana churita bhaktivilochana Santa sadaiva ridayeshu vilokayanti They see in their hearts, Ridayeshu, Vilokayanti, actually they cause to be seen. <clears throat> what is what is seen? It's not really what, it's who. <laughs> right? Yang Shama Sundara Swarupam Kovindamari Purusham Tamaham Mm. Premanjana 
So prema anjana churita bhakti dilochanena. Uh, okay, and here he makes, I think, a very nice point that uh, will be helpful for us. As such, Nanan Swami says, My dear devotees, would you like to hear? <laughs> what he says. Dualists, those who see only this radical difference scornfully call such devotees pantheists and idol worshippers and they laugh at their love for stones. On the other side, monists, the, 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 the one only wallas, the people who say, one, one, there's only one. Actually, we also say, the Bhagavatam says, Vedanti tat tattva vidas tattvam yajjnanam advayam. Advayam. Not two. Not two-ness. That the Bhagavatam is all about non-duality. <gasps> Did you hear what that swan said? But then the second line, what is the second line? Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabhyate There's three ways to understand this non-dual reality. Anyway, going on, he says, Monas blame such devotees for sectarian narrow-mindedness, and they mock their sentiments. They make fun of them. <laughs> and then Bhaktivedanta says, So what? Those who want to love God adopt the same spirit of one-pointed determination as the dualists and the same mood of utter humility and meekness a necessary attitude for them to overcome the gulf of separating a tiny soul from God Almighty so dualists have something right what is that they have they have a certain Determination. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump over this gap um, as uh, Suran Kierkegaard said. He didn't exactly say it, but uh, the the leap of faith. I'm, I have this leap of faith. Um, I don't know where I'm going to land, but I will leap. I will jump across uh, to the other side. And I will do this because I have faith that on the other side, <laughs> the Lord is there. Right? So, and uh, the dualist has another plus, and that is some humility. Uh, a sense that, yeah, I'm so, 
small, I'm so fallen, I'm so in a rather quite desperate situation, so uh, it's only reasonable to be humble. <laughs> and of course, we have this built into our core teaching, trinādapīsa-nīcena tadorivasahishana amānina manadena kirtaniya sada Yes, you want to chant Hare Krishna? Yes, but just for five minutes. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I want to chant always. Sada. Oh, you want to chant always, Lord Chaitanya says. Well, if you want to chant always, it's possible. Kirtaniya. It is, the name Hari is chantable can be chanted under four conditions. Uh-oh, there's conditions. Yeah, there's conditions. What are those conditions? Trinad. Trina means grass. And trinad api, even more than grass. Sunichena, low, low, low. Bow down, mister. Or um, in, in our Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the last chapter, uh, where the Shikshastaka prayers are given, uh, the, this verse, is, it says, Taror Iva, like a tree. I don't know if, you know, I kind of prefer this uh, version. Because to me, to be tolerant like a tree, that's already a lot of tolerance. To be more tolerant than a tree, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> more tolerant, how, yeah, how to be more tolerant. I'll just try to be tolerant like a tree. Taror iva sahishnuna. And then amanina. Not expecting man, manin to be honored, and mana dina mana da giving of mana to others, respecting others. Not expecting for myself, expecting myself to give respect to others. That's that's our little formula of humility, which facilitates, which makes possible kirtaniya. So we might want to make this verse, uh, we had a lot of discussion about it in Puri, we might want to make this verse uh, a kind of um, special, uh, have, have a special position in our memory in the course of this retreat. It's a good, it's a good, um, we say in English, rule of thumb, <laughs> so how we want to, what sort of attitude we want to have. Uh, it, it's especially useful on, um, <laughs> useful, it's especially useful on, on Parikrama, because all sorts of things can happen on Parikrama <laughs> that we may not expect, and we may, uh, 
normally we might be disturbed by, but we're not disturbed because we're in the shelter of uh, Giriraj. We are remembering Trinadapis Nichena Tarorivatsahishana Amanina Manadina Kirtaniyasana. Now, um, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj becomes, he waxes poetic. You know this expression? The, the moon, it, um, it's now waning. Those are kind of old English words, I guess. There's waxing, which means the moon is getting fuller, and there's waning, which is getting less. But to wax poetic <laughs> is to just kind of cut loose, cut loose from all restraint and just get very musical, lyrical with words. So he says, <clears throat> oh, I didn't, sorry, I didn't finish. So the, the devotees are humble and determined like the duelists. But they also combine this attitude with the contemplative calmness which comes from an intuitive feeling of their eternal closeness to the absolute truth. So this is kind of resonating with um, the non-dualist understanding. So there's a contemplative calmness. So you can be determined, humble, and we can be contemplatively peaceful. How does that sound? Sounds good. Don't get too peaceful now. Don't go. Don't go to sleep. Um, an intuitive feeling comes from an intuitive feeling of their eternal closeness to the absolute truth. That's how a tearful prayer full of devotion blends with the tranquility and calmness of meditation and transforms into a sweet kirtan. And then he describes further about this kirtan, this is where he gets, he waxes poetic. You want to hear how he waxes poetic? Yeah. The waves of this kirtan rise above the pasturing fields of rajas, scale up the small rocky hill known as Govardhan that is stretched out as the tilak marking of raja. <laughs> and ascend high into the sky, trying to reach its snowy peaks and steep slopes hidden in the clouds where some say the horses of the sun god are pasturing. <laughs> some say, and it goes further, the ambrosial sound of that kirtan rise, sounds of that kirtan rise to the very top of Giriraj from where 
a small cowherd boy with a staff, a bamboo flute, and a horn is proudly observing his domain. Who could that cowherd boy be? I'll give you three guesses. <laughs> he is the king of this boundless love of uh, boundless land of love where every blade of grass is known to him. From the top of the hill he's watching over the cows that graze in the meadow below. They are ready to forget their grass and come running if he calls them. He sees peacocks dancing just for him. Did you hear the peacocks this night? Yes. yes. That was you? <laughs> Want to try again? No. <laughs> uh, the deer craving for the sound of his flute on the same meadow he sees his faithful friends with Balaram ahead. They roll around in emerald green grass, chase birds and giggle while searching for their friend who escaped from them. His watchful sight traces Mother Yashoda in Nandagra. She is fussing around the stove, preparing his dinner, while a countless number of maidservants help her. He suddenly sees a flock of young cowherd girls on the other side of the hill. Stealthily, they are glancing around while going to the place of their sacred meeting. Chandravali's bashful beauty shines among them. He sees all this, and his heart halts, filled with love and happiness. It goes further, but this is describing Kirtan, which is rising up. It's rising up to the top of Giri, Giriraj, uh, Govardhan, where Krishna is standing, observing all of this. So now, what I would suggest is we have, a, have some Kirtan where we can have this meditation and perhaps Jai Jagannath, would you like to lead a little meditative kirtan?
Yeah. 
more time. Full voices. Hare Krishna, Hare
much can listen. He is not listening.
<laughs> Is any Hatha Yoga teacher here? Yoga teacher. Yes. <laughs> 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 What's going on? We don't want to embarrass you. 
toes up and just spread them nice and wide and outside of your feet parallel and uh, just get really grounded push your toes into the ground flex your thighs slightly tuck your tailbone in so there's a little bit of a flex in the stomach shoulders rolled back and down into the shoulder sockets and you tuck your chin in slightly so this is good posture and just take a deep breath inhale and lift your arms up above your head, looking up to the sky. Inhale. And as you exhale, just drop the top of your body forward, over, letting some blood come down to your head, keeping your thighs flexed to protect the hamstrings and pushing your weight into your toes. And just relax your shoulders and your neck and your back. And lean forward. And then take a nice deep breath, inhale and lift your arms back up to the sky, stretch. <laughs> and then bring them into Namaskar, in front of the heart center. Okay, <laughs> we'll do two more of those. So just inhale. And exhale, forward, fold, release. Let the blood flow to the head. Push your weight into your toes. And then inhale, back up, and namaskar, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, okay, you can just widen your stance and um, turn your right foot out so that the heel is parallel to the arch of your left foot. And uh, put your hand kind of either on your shin or if you can, if you want to, the ground in a wider stance. And just take the left arm up and over and just stretch the outside of your body. So you should feel it around your hips and your waist, as well as your um, hamstring. So just hold that. Keep your chin tucked in and your stomach flexed. And try not to lean your torso forward or backwards. Yes. Just open up the left side of the body and push your weight into your big toe and push yourself back up to standing. Okay, rotate that foot in and the other foot out. You'll find it's much more steady with the wider stance. Okay, and get your balance on your other hand and inhale and lift over. You can look up to your hand, to your thumb, if it helps. Or look down to the ground if you have any neck pains. And try to keep your torso in line with your legs. And breathe into your nose and out through your mouth deeply. <laughs> Don't stop breathing. <laughs> All right, just opening up the right side of the body. And inhale, push yourself back up with your big toe. Okay. And uh, coming back to uh, 
just wider than hip distance apart. Put your hands on your hips. And uh, if you can, just try to push your pelvis forward and lean back. Just create some compression in the lower back. Because when we sit for long, we actually need to decompress by compressing the lower back. So you can kind of push forward a couple of times and just create some pressure there. Ideally, you would be lying on your stomach and pushing up, keeping your pelvis on the ground, doing what's known as cobra or upward facing dog. <laughs> but you can do this as well, or on your knees, this position as well. Um, which then you would grab your heels. Okay, and then you can just, uh, keeping your torso nice and, you know, firm, don't twist it, and your knee, your thighs flexed, you know, just uh, do some rotations, just to loosen up the waist and the lower back. Okay, don't twist your whole body, keep your hips straight and facing forward, so the rotation is mostly in your waist. Yes. Keep your thighs flexed, it'll give you strength. <laughs> and breathe, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> All right, cool, and then just uh, rolling the shoulders back. Big rotations, breathe while you do it. Keep your stance strong. Toes on the ground. And forward. And then we'll just stretch the neck a bit. So drop your right ear to your right shoulder. And if you want, you can take your left hand and wrap it around your back to just deepen the stretch there. Breathe through your nose. And slowly, gently, just begin to rotate your head around and forward, following that stretch through around the back of your neck. Yeah, really slow, coming halfway three quarters of the way until your left ear is at your left shoulder. You can swap your arms behind your back if you want to deepen the stretch. All right, and bring your head back up to center. And lift your chin up and just stretch out your jaw. And lower, look forward. Look over both shoulders. All right. So, yes. <laughs> this is great. Ooh. I feel so much better. <laughs> Krishna doesn't have to do this. Okay. <laughs>
Before we proceed, let's see if if any if anyone has something you'd like to share, some reflection, possibly about what I was just uh, reading and discussing from Bhaktivedanta. Maybe something about this vision, Kirtan rising to the peaks, Krishna hearing, uh, or anything else that we talked about. Anybody have some reflection? This is good to, you know, it's it's a churning process. Hare Krita, Krishna Krita. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't have this vision of Skirta, unfortunately. But I, but I, I have reflection on. Okay. Maybe I repeat. I don't have this vision of Kirtan. Of this Kirtan, but uh, I have a question, or I have some reflection since some years already, and uh, it's kind of. <laughs> sadness and disappointment that uh, people in India has so many uh, has so many secret places and rivers and hills etc and when, when you go outside India then you know it's just just river and something <laughs> like this but uh, I can say that, of, of course, uh, anthro anthropologists, they know that uh, before Christianity, before Christians and before, uh, also before uh, Islam, going here and there and ruling, uh, people were worshipping different places and hills and rivers and streams and sometimes uh, trees and there were secret uh, forests and things like that, and it was spread everywhere. Because for me, it's, it's strange that only India is so secret, and outside is everything is un, uh, not secret. Like, you know, <laughs> why? Secret or sacred? Sacred. 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 Yeah. sacred. And <laughs> for me, it's a really strange thing. Why? I have this. I'm living at the, this beautiful big river and nobody is worshipping her. Why? But some people are, are doing this now because they understand that we are, this is a source of life, like river is. Or, or if we meditate on this uh, mantra from second canto that uh, rivers and streams are actually vines and just veins, veins, yeah. veins of, of, uh, um, of the supreme or of the cosmic manifestation and mm. hills are like his bones. Yeah. Then I can see. Of course, it's not like Govardhan Hill. I cannot say it's 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 the same. That would be 
that would be not proper. But at the same time, people depersonified all these uh, phenomena of of the nature, and now they have uh, they have no reason to protect. The only reason is that it is source of life, but sometimes forget about it. So this is my this is my disappointment uh, regarding India and everything outside India, and also the disappointment that we don't do not uh, at least uh, at least respect those different places. We have one place near to Wrocław. It's called Szlanja uh, or Silesia Hill that was worshipped. And it was worshipped by people from the whole Europe. I heard that people from France were coming to Lower Silesia to uh, to worship this this hill. Really? Yes, it's like it's very similar because it is flat uh, area, and uh, in the middle of this flat area there is like 500 meters high hill, uh, and there are some secret uh, forests and secret uh, trees that were worshipped as well, like oaks. Stones. Small uh, and stones also, yeah. and you know, and then uh, then uh, Catholic Church took over this hill and uh, they tried to you know. Uh, anyway, no, no. Uh, anyway, I don't like to go into this, but <laughs> but this this is just you know my uh, my sadness, <laughs> yeah. my heart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then what the anthropologists do is they give a name to this. They give it a, a term, a name for worshiping hills and streams and rivers and uh, and trees and so on. Um, animism. It's animism, and uh, just by labeling it, then it kind of denies denies its validity. Um, of course, in the environmentalist movement is trying to bring some of that back, but I feel a similar sadness. It seems like it's too little, too late, um, but maybe not. Maybe it's not too little, too late. Um, I like to think of Krishna as the original environmentalist, the primordial environmentalist. Um, as he subdued Kaliya. Kaliya was causing havoc uh, because of the pollution he was creating. And Krishna comes and uh, sets things right <laughs> in a very sweet way. We might say also he's um, as uh, we can say, Giriraj is also uh, the primordial environmentalist because he's providing all the natural good things uh, for Krishna's pleasure. And that's the core of his service as described in the famous verse. Hantaya Madhira Bhava Haridasavarya Yat Rama Krishna Charana Sparasha Pramodha Manantanoti Sahago Ganayos Tayor Yat Paniya Paniya Suyavasa Suyavasa Kandara Kandamulai 
uh, he is serving Krishna by offering nice uh, paniya, literally I guess it means drinkable water, potable water. Uh, suyavasa means nice sweet grass for the cows. Kandara means ca caves, he's providing caves for uh, Krishna's trysts with Radha. Uh, and also the cowherd voice they play uh, in the caves, and when it's raining they go in the caves. Uh, and Kandamula means um, roots certain kind of roots, I believe. So, Govardhan is kind of this uh, emblem, you can say, of uh, environmental well-being. And, yeah, if we can get a sense of that, uh, of that spirit and bring it to the rest of the world, that would be very Thank you. Anyone else? Any yes, President Mosley. Uh, microphone. Oops. Uh, Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Uh, as the Kirtan was going on, I was um, reflecting on how Krishna. Uh, who is, of course, also localized, but who is also everywhere, how Krishna means attractive, uh, and uh, how uh, Rama um, um, is like pleasure uh, and pleasure giving, how this giving and taking is uh, infinitely present at actually every place um, and as in infinite amounts. And I was reflecting on this and um, when it comes to environmental topics, uh, I wanted to suggest maybe um, as we are going on Parikrama, uh, as a group, we can um, pick up some of the trash that is on the way. Mm. Uh, as a group, I felt like this would be something nice. You may need a very large bag. <laughs> yes, I was thinking of this. <laughs> um, how we could do it. But yeah, that can be a nice service. Um, you have to see how to do it without becoming a straggler and, you know, losing the, the group as we're moving, but anyway, it's a nice thought. Maybe we could only do uh, the part between here and uh, the uh, retreat center, because even that yeah. is quite a bit. Oh, even that. I mean, there's that whole huge field which is just full of garbage. <laughs> as much as I don't know what you're going to do with that. <laughs> A small comment about like Islam and uh, worshiping nature. In Turkey, uh, there are a lot of natural sites uh, that are still uh, worshipped along with Islam. Mm -hmm. Usually, the presence of saints uh, in those natural places is wor worshipped rather than mm. natural objects themselves. Mm. That's interesting, and that is relevant here also because why do we worship? Overdone, um, well, well, so many reasons, but a very important reason is because uh, the saints worship Govardhan, 
And we may say that's the principal reason. Who are we to worship Govardhan? What do we know? What do we understand? But the saints, the Goswamis, the sadhus, uh, going in our tradition um, back to Madhavendra Puri, and then, of course, the six Goswamis, and many, many sadhus. Um, and we, we will see, as we're doing Parikram, there's so many sadhus who live here who are uh, quietly doing their, their sadhana. We will also see, um, of course, we'll see many Parikramis, many who are doing Parikrama. And uh, if you haven't already seen, you'll see some people doing Dandavat Parikrama. And uh, that's quite an amazing thing. I've been advised um, by, we have another devotee, Vikram. We have Vikram here. There's another Vikram Prabhu who will be joining us after a few days who lives in Govardhan, he lives on the other side. And uh, <laughs> he's, he said to me in all seriousness, he said, if you, should, you must do Dandavat Parikram, at least of Radha Kund, And he said, when you do Dandavat Parikram, you will feel after that that there was life before Dandavat Prikram and there is life after Dandavat Prikram and they're not the same. <laughs> Such a transformation, he said, is there. Have you done Dandavat Prikram? Full Giridans? Well, would you agree with Vikram? Definitely. Do you want to say something about your experience? Uh, I was I was studying in Vrindavan Gurukul uh, for seven years, and uh, it was l like a you know everyone has his dreams. So for me, doing Danvat Parikrama was like a dream. You know, I I want to do it. I want to do it, and uh, I was so fixed. And it was during the month of Purushottam month, which is super hot, and. Uh, it was like four years before and uh, then when I was coming from Nandagram to go to for Dandwad Parigrama, uh, I asked one of my friends, would you like to join? And he said, like, he was so funny, he said that if we are going to die, why should we die alone? <laughs> <laughs> if we are going to die, why should we die alone? Let's take others. <laughs> And four of us came. It, by the way, it was funny that, you know, he, he's always joking with me. And because, uh, you know, the Brajabasis always want to be in company, you know, they cannot be peaceful or like that. So four of us came, we were staying in Jatipura and, and everything. And uh, on the first day when, uh, you know, we have a, you know, culture, how to start a Parikrama, Danvat Parikrama. So we went to one uh, very nice Brahmana who worships Giriraj at, in Jatipura. So he was the one who gave us the stone which we will use to, you know, do our Dandavads. And he told us the vows which we should maintain 
he he told us all the details that you should sleep on on the floor mm. during that time and uh, you should not cross over um, where you have stopped your uh, and many other principles he he told us and he was giving the stone and we were paying dhanwas to him and then he is starting and the three of them they were in front of me and at that moment i really felt that you know because it is so much tapasya for the body i just felt you know krishna morari you can still skip it <laughs> you, it, it is yeah it is it is not yet started you can still skip it and and i didn't knew like my hand was like that and the stone came and i was like now you are done <laughs> now you are done now you have to do it and on the first day we only did like 2 kilometers from there and up till here there's a ashram up till there and we went back and, and on the first day everything was like full flat we 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 don't we didn't knew when we slept so it is tapasya for the body and then you know it it went and it went it went but i was doing in the night it was like throughout the whole night like we I, we would start around 7 or 8 and then we would come 4 5 in the in the morning and uh, in that meantime when we, we we could sleep there you know on the place but every dandavats you know which we paid to griraj i i up till up till this day i remember whenever i cross through mm, that portion of giriraj parikrama i still remember what happened to me on on that area so you know if you want to love a person you should know about that person fully you know you, you cannot love any person if you don't know about him so when you know about giriraj in such a detail that how he looks on which part of his parikrama that's such a such a such a deep experience to to see and by each dandavats you remember you remember the place and everything and we took snan at all the kunds all the holy lakes which is a, a part of a principle that one should one should take bath at all the holy places and every and because uh, we were like brajabasis we would interact with other brajabasis doing you know parikrama and we would sing something to them and they would sing something to us and it was like uh, it was my last day of uh, doing the dandavat parikrama i was in on that side near punchari near near which is the tail of giriraj and there was one baba in the in the in the night and he you know we may find such babas like always and he he was singing you know on his kartals and and he had a like a small drum and he was doing that and he sang a song to 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 all of us when we were doing and and he said and the song was yugal kripa ki drishti bhai drishti bhai yugal kripa ki drishti bhai that everything uh, you know which happens in this world is by the by the merciful glance of yugal means by the merciful glance of radha and krishna and that that really touched all of us all four of us when we were doing that dandavat parikrama that everything happens in this world not you know like the blueprint or the final print of everyone's plans are already done but we might think oh i i thought like that i planned like that and I, and it's happening it's just some part of the plans are matching with those master plans not his pl- our plans are already already done 
so that uh, that moment was was really touching and after that you know there was so many inspirations spiritually also like practically like mataji was telling that we should pick up and everything like uh, when we were doing parikrama you you just have to pay dand words and you just see half a puri touching your body it doesn't really feel so good because uh, you know things happen like uh, many devotees are organizing bandaras like like feast and everything they are feeding people but you know things should be little organized in a way but when when you do such dandavat parikrama you remember that you know i should not be doing such things you know it should be done in 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 well taken care way so when you do dandavat parikrama it's it's really some some really deep experience you you feel you feel like Hari 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 What do you think? We should do it. I didn't used to see but now I see everyone practically they they bring some pad some styrofoam whatever. That's not so bona fide is it? No. Uh we personally took only uh, a small a small pillow like just for the knees mm. rest mm, we were not taking this like big bed the bed <laughs> the bed follows you <laughs> no, no, no. we just took you know like a small pillow just on on the knees and we were doing it fully it was that's Uh, I finished in six days. Wow. Just six nights it took me. On the seventh night, uh, I we organized a bandara, you know, like like a small feast for the brahmanas <coughs> there at the at the temple. So it's like you know when you do, yeah, when you do some vrata, you feed the brahmanas, you you give dakshina to them, and it's it's like completing the process. I I I feel satisfied just hearing about it. There are always options uh, we might find. There's a shila in uh, in Jatipura. They call it Dandavati shila. It is said if you do Dandavat of that, it is. same this is but you know it's a good way to do it and and also in radakund there is uh the tongue of govardhan in a little temple and they say if you do uh seven times parikrama there that's equivalent isn't it of uh the entire and it's very comfortable because it's all nice marble clean <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay maybe just um, one or two more thoughts and let's does anyone else have something you want to oh yes we're go for
<coughs> You've been living here now for quite some time. <laughs> Is there a mic? <coughs> My bad not pronounced My pronounced to everyone here. And uh, it's so nice to see some friends from Slovenia. Uh, I'm really happy to have your dashing as well. Um, so, Grumaj, two, two questions. One is the reference for um, the article that you were referring to, or the paper, uh, from Bhakti Vigyan Goswami Maharaj, and it says Sri Krishna Kathamrita, number 15. Okay, thank you. Uh, and the second one was, and maybe it's a very naive question, is that um, we were doing Parikrama um, in other parts of Rajasthan as well. And uh, we were looking at one deity and my wife said, oh, well, the original is somewhere else. And that really made me think, uh, how are we to understand that there is an original deity that we worship. And it's on the same lines of perhaps uh, the subject matter we touched upon, worshiping Girigavadhan and the article that you mentioned. How are we supposed to understand that one deity perhaps uh, is called the original hmm. and the other one that I have in my house or in other temple or even the temple in the next village to the original deity hmm. and then the circle of influence does it work like this i'm still baffled <laughs> mm. thank you thank you so what can i say about this not a whole lot but um, the uh, some of the original deities worshiped by the, uh, the six goswamis shatra swami uh, in Vrindavan, as you know, uh, eventually were brought out of Vrindavan, out of Braj. Um, well, three of them, three, four, uh, were brought to eventually Jaipur. I believe Govinda Dev took more than 20 years to get there. There's a history, he made stops along the way. <laughs> And I guess each, with each stop, the devotees worshipping were saying, you stay here with us. <laughs> and Govinda Dev is saying, yeah, but I have to go. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, for example, Govinda Dev, the um, temple now in the Govinda Dev temple, sorry, the deity in the Govinda Dev temple uh, is understood to be non-different from the original. What's the technical term? I want to say Pratima, but Pratibhu, Pratibhu. Um, <coughs> that's the technical term. It, it means something like counter, uh, counterpoint, counter-existent thing. So, mm, so the understanding is there's a non-difference, and wherever there's a non-difference, 
you can be sure there's also some sort of difference, <laughs> right? Something inconceivable is going to be there. <laughs> And, and so, I would say like that with these deities. So, for example, Govinda Dev, there's a long, long history of that deity. Um, we understand going back to uh, uh, Krishna's great-grandson, I believe it is, Rajanath. Vajranava, yes, Vajranava. He is said to have established Govinda Dev, Hari Dev, Keshav Dev, and and Baladev. Where is Baladev? Oh, that Baladev. Okay, yes, Dauji. I confess. Um, so the you know there's something. No. Shame. Shame. No, no. We have to go there. <laughs> So, uh, there's something special about these deities. Um, and, at the same time, uh, there's a non-difference with deities that are understood to be prat uh, pratibhu of those deities. But I would say it's their, their non-difference is there, how to say, because the original is there. The pratibhu can be regarded as non-different from. So I think the non-difference tends to go more one direction, unidirectionally. You know what I'm saying? Mm. As I understand, many devotees have this understanding with their personal uh, home deities that my uh, my deity is an expansion of especially one hears about this with the deity uh, Venkateshvara known in the north as Balaji Venkateshvara um, is in the south at Tirupati so many many people will have their own home deity and they'll see him as an expansion of the original um, I, I, I think that's also the case with the Valab Sampradaya, the Swarupas, isn't it? So they have, is it eight deities called Swarup? Uh, these are considered sort of primordial, uh, including Srinati, who is now in, the original is now in Natadvar. Um, however, I just learned this, you must be knowing, uh, I just learned this from our Vikram that it's understood um, Srinathji's morning worship goes on in, in Natadvar, but his evening worship is going on right here. And if things work as we hope they will work, and there's a very good chance, yes, Sonia is nodding, that we can uh, have evening darshan on our last, last evening of our retreat. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. No? Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, so that's what I can say on that. Something more, Chai Jogging. I don't know if I heard it properly when you were reading from Bhaktivedanta Maharaj's essay, but um, I was attracted to the idea of the devotee as the sort of perfect container of apparently contradicting realities um, insofar as he has the contemplative peace that is um, let's say intrinsic to like a Ganmark person because he understands that God is everywhere intuitively by his devotion on the one hand but on the other hand he also endeavors to reach that God which is it strikes one on an intellectual level as contradictory insofar as how do you what is the necessity of moving towards a reality that's all pervading it's already at all the spots so there's no need for movement but the devotee is moving nonetheless towards that reality on the one hand, but by his devotion intuitively knows that God is not very far away. And so the devotee becomes the container of that apparent contradiction, which is the Supreme Lord who harmonizes contradictions. So I, I was very much attracted to that. If I heard it properly, I thought it was very beautiful. Very nice. Yes. That didn't. That wasn't said explicitly, but I think you brought it out. <laughs> yeah, you may remember he was uh, giving two features to the uh, to the duelist. One was uh, the determination. I'm going to I'm going to cross this gap, and the other was his humility, his or her humility, uh, the the deep sense that. I'm in a terrible predicament in this world and there's no question of making that leap without being utterly, utterly humble. So that was on that side and then the contemplative, as you said, confidence, I think, uh, that yeah, the Lord is right here, not so far away. But I like what you're saying. That he becomes a container of uh, the apparent contradiction of these. Hmm. One may also want to say, though, that um, because of the confidence that the Lord is present, that peacefulness, which is uh, somehow, that peacefulness that the devotee feels is, becomes a wellspring for the determination um, to to pursue, uh, to to serve, to to jump the gap, and to serve the Lord, and it's also the wellspring for uh, humility. But I think you could turn it the other way around and say the same thing. You could say the determination, the humility, become uh, foundational for the peacefulness, which it's a container, like you said. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good. Okay. Well, um, I had so many notes. Let's see something maybe we can end with for today. Um, 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 hold on.
At risk of um, bringing the mood, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't introduce it this way, but I'm going to do it anyway. At the, at the risk of sort of bringing, bringing the level down, <laughs> we've been kind of up here, we're going to come down a little bit. Um, there's a devotee in America, Raghunath Das, he's become pretty well-known, if not famous, together with Kostuba Prabhu, with their wisdom of the sages. They have how many thousands of followers? Yeah. They have a lot of, lot of people following their podcast. Raghunath is a very dynamic preacher and um, insightful. And uh, I was able to get from him six, indirectly from his guru, uh, six affirmations uh, for practicing just in general Krishna consciousness, but I think they're nice also for keeping in mind for our retreat. Yeah, you might want to take note of these. They're very straight and simple and uh, kind of to the point. And they're, um, most of them are positive affirmations, but the first one is slightly on the negative side, but it's, anyway. Okay, you want to hear these? Number one, I will not criticize. Ooh. <laughs> Number two, I am tolerant. We can think of the trees, the tolerance in the trees. Number three, I take no offense. Ooh. <laughs> what does that mean? That's a slightly English uh, phrase. Um, I take to take offense means somebody says something, um, and I'm offended. Um, this affirmation is saying I'm not offended. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't reach me, even if it was intended to offend. It doesn't uh, doesn't register. It doesn't it doesn't offend me. I don't feel offended. I don't feel disturbed. And the counterpart of that, we could say, is number four. I am quick to apologize. <laughs> I am quick to apologize. Kakosikaja Popolsku apologize. Oh, Chep Prasach. Prasach. Chep Prasach. The infinite. Chep Prasach. Yeah. 
number five. Oh, this has kind of two parts. I see the good in others and I let them know it. Because mm. <laughs> when you let them know it, that kind of completes the circuit of the seeing, of the registry, isn't it? Mm. It's acknowledging those. They say what goes around, what comes around, no, what goes around, comes around. And similarly, what comes around goes around. And on the positive side, <laughs> you can make something go around which comes around very nice. <coughs> and the last one is, um, this also has kind of two parts. I am grateful and I keep tally, that is, I keep count of my blessings. This was, uh, I always tell devotees, this was uh, the best lesson I learned from my mother when I was a little kid crying, crying, crying about whatever. And she would say, count your blessings. <laughs> count your blessings. I couldn't understand what she meant. I, blessings, what is a blessing? She never explained. I sort of knew. Okay. Um, yes, we're in the Holy Dham. A Dham is an abode, a home. It also means pleasure. So it's Krishna's pleasure place. It's Krishna's playground. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a, a favorite thing. Shimati Radharani, we are told, when Krishna was making his plans to appear in this world, he informed or he consulted with Radharani, said, it's time, it's time to go to the material world. She said, I'm not going anywhere without my Yamuna, my Govardhan, and my Braja. And Krishna said, it's already there. <laughs> it's already there, already arranged from Krishna's heart, especially Govardhan manifests from Krishna's heart. Dhamma also means majesty, grandeur, majesty, Dhamma. This is the Dhamma. This, even the sound of that word has a resonance. Uh, majesty, glory, splendor. And there are five kinds of, um, of dhammas. Let's maybe say that for another time. There are permissions to be, um, to be requested to enter the dham. And um, ideally we would, uh, if I understand correctly, you can correct me, um, uh, we should be first going uh, to Vrindavan um, in order to offer respects to Gopishwar Mahadev, who is Lord Shiva, who comes to experience um, 
what it is to be uh, a servant of Krishna as a gopi. <laughs> Uh, and he is dressed as a gopi every evening, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, he is the he is the Ishvara of uh, the gopis. So he's overseeing, he's protecting. Um, we would go then to Yamuna. We would offer respects to Yamuna and beg her blessings. we can at least do this in our minds. Um, we will be going to Brinda Kunda so we can beg uh, Brinda Devi there. I believe Brinda Kunda is especially her place, right? It's her headquarters. That's where she she's managing everything. <laughs> everything going on here is managed uh, by Brinda Devi with all of her parrot messengers. They're coming in. <coughs> oh, Vrindavan Post, do you want to tell us about this? So, the there are five doorkeepers of Vrindavan. So, if you want to enter uh, a place, you have to ask permission from the doorkeepers. So, these uh, five doorkeepers are known as Dhampal, you know, the protectors. It's like, you have Chokidars, so there are Dhampals. So the first is Lord Shiva as Dhampal protecting. And the second is Yamuna Devi. The third is Vrinda Devi. The fourth is Puranmasi Devi. The fifth is the dust of Vrindavan. So these are five gatekeepers of Vrindavan. They they are the ones whom we should ask permission to enter 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 Vrindavan. And Vrinda Devi has a special place in the area of Nandagram, which is Vrinda Kund. We will go in our retreat there. And she is uh, like the internal manager. You know, big companies, big management. There's like CEO, chairman, manager, then internal manager, department manager, you know, so many things. So she is uh, like the internal manager who is managing, managing all the pastimes like uh, you know, during which season, which type of flowers should go into the service, which type of boga will go into the service, which place will be the best for, for Radha Krishna's pastime. She's internally, and she has a disciple, uh, and the name of the disciple is Daksha. And Daksha is a parrot, <coughs> we see them. So Daksha himself has 10,000 more disciples. So 10,000 plus one disciple, he has... No, we have WhatsApp messaging service. He has Vrinda Devi postal service, Vrinda Devi messaging service. So she is the one who is, uh, you know, sending all the messages to all the gopis, to Srimati Radharani, to Krishna, that today the pastime will take place in the area of Govindakund. You come there, you know, everything will be arranged. And now comes uh, the another manager, who is like overall manager. She's Purnamasi Devi. And there's also a place of Purnamasi Devi in Nandagram, in the area of Nandagram, which is Purnamasi Kund. Purnamasi Devi, she is uh, originally uh, the mother of Sandipani Muni, the Guru of Krishna. So her husband left body in, in, a, in a very early age, and she became a disciple of Narada Muni directly. 
So she came from Ujjain, Avantika Ujjain. She was ordered by Narada that you go to um, the area of Braja and Krishna will soon come there. She came along with two of her grandchildren. The first is Madhumangal, the second is Nandimuki. Madhumangal and Nandimuki. She brought them and she was living in a cave in the area of Nandagram Purnam, at Purnamasi Kund. So she came here and what is her uh, real service? Like when Krishna shifted from Gokul to Nandagram, so she was always going to, uh, you know, to, to the house of Nandababa, Nandabhavan. And she was guiding all the Brajabasis because she comes from the family of Brahmana. So she is known as Puranamasi Purohitani, the priest. So everyone would ask her permissions about, about different, different things. So she was living there and all the, you know, um, things which are like beyond imagination, which we can uh, not perceive, all these magical things which happen in Vrindavan, they are done by Purnamasi Devi. It is said that this Bhauma Vrindavan is like the exact copy of that Goloka Vrindavan. And Krishna every day comes from the area of Nandagram to graze the cows near Yamuna or near Giriraj. And he comes walking, not by the taxi service. He comes walking and he brings all the 900,000 cows which he has. He brings all of them to Giriraj. And in the evening, he calls all the cows. But now it's the time to go back to, to Nandagram. And he reaches back very soon. I come every day from Nandagram. With car, it takes like at least 40 minutes. And how does he come? By walking. If I start walking, I would reach in the evening. But he comes because opening, closing of, uh, of the lotus. Also, it's the duty of Purnamasi Devi to do all these magical things. So Purnamasi Devi, she combines the land. You know, it's like, if, if it's like this far land, he, she combines the land. And Krishna reaches very soon from Nandagram to Govardhan. And this happening, this magical happening is only known to Krishna that she is managing all, all the things. So she is the, like, the overall manager of the, of the miraculous things which are happening. So we should ask permission from her as well. Then the dust of Vrindavan. In different, uh, you know, traditions or in, in the different paths of bhakti uh, which are famous in, in Vrindavan like Sri Vallabhakul, the line of Vallabhacharya, then Radha Vallabh Sampradaya where you know it, everything coming from Hithayivamsh Mahaprabhu. So from different different uh, you know they have different different focuses in, in their worship. Like in, in Vallabhacharya Sampradaya which is like Jatipura the area where we are living it's like 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 Radha Kun for us, for them, it's Jatipura, the place where Srinathji appeared. For them, the, Isht, the Vigra Seva, the, the deity worship is like their prime focus. They do it like in, in all best possible way. For those who are in Radha Vallabha Sampradaya, for them, worshipping the dust of Vrindavan. They call the dust of Vrindavan as Rajarani. Rajarani means the queen of Vrindavan. For them, these three queens, Rajarani, Radharani, and Rasarani, 
Rasrani means the Bhakti Devi. It's for, for them, these three are the same. Rajarani, Dust of Vrindavan, Radharani, and Rasarani. These three are their same focus for them. So, they, uh, their everyday practices, they take the Dust of Vrindavan, they just cover the, their whole face and whole body because this is their focus, what they have heard from their Acharyas. So, the Dust of Vrindavan is the fifth doorkeeper which allows the devotees to, to enter Vrindavan. And during our retreat, we will definitely go to all the different, different, different places where we can, we can ask uh, for those blessings. I remember uh, I was reading one one part of Prabhupada Lilamrit where Tamal Krishna Maharaj, you know, uh, when Prabhupada would take the devotees in, in Vrindavan or to different holy places. So one day Tamal Krishna Maharaj asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, when we go to different holy places, what, sh what should we do? You know, what should be our prayer? What should we ask there? So Prabhupada replied very simply. He said, uh, that whenever you go to those holy places, you should just ask for one simple blessing that whatever pastime of Thakurji is happening there, may a part of that be revealed to us and our life will be successful. That's all. Sometimes. Um, you're mentioning Prabhupada, I'll just maybe end with, I think, uh, an in, another inspiration for us that uh, in the last days of Prabhupada's manifest presence, uh, he had a very strong desire to come to Govard. He wanted to do Parikrama. Um, his physical condition was simply not making it possible. He, he wanted to go on a bullock cart, um, but uh, it became a huge debate between two parties of devotees. Some said, Prabhupada wants it, we have to do it, it's what he wants. And the other party said, if we do it, it's going to be his end, uh, because of his physical condition. But. There's a little detail to that I won't say now, but um, the point is that he wanted to come here to do Parikrama of Govardhan. So we can also pray to Srila Prabhupada for his blessing and that he can be here. And it is said, I believe, also Guru Varga. Um, we, we can uh, enter the Dham by the grace of the Guru Varga. Varga means the, the line of Gurus. And that's something we want to get a sense of here. I think we will, especially I think in, in Radha Kund, where so many of the Goswamis were staying. By now you must be expert on who's who and where's where. No? <laughs> so I think we'll end here for this session. Um, Bodhijan Prabhu always had a way of ending uh, the session here. Do you remember? Do you want to uh, guide us?
Bhujan Prabhu, we call him the voice. Actually, Sajjan Maharaj calls him the voice of Govardhan Retreat Center. So, his way of uh, ending all the sessions and all the days, maybe we can all follow. And uh, we just face towards Giriraj, every one of us. And we would just just thank Giriraj for making this wonderful opportunity available to all of us. And in a motion of thanking Giriraj, we will just chant this Jai. We will just lift our hands up in the air, really like we mean it, and all together. Bolo Giriraj Maharaj Ki! Bolo Giriraj Maharaj Ki! Bolo Giriraj Maharaj Ki! Jai Jai Shri Radhe! Jai Jai 